Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Who died and made him king? That is the question, in effect, that the chief priests and elders, the religious authorities, are asking. Just who does this guy think he is? And what is it that has them so riled up? I mean, when we think about the traits, the features of our Lord Jesus and his ministry, any number of things might come to mind. His compassion and mercy, his patience, his boldness, his kindness, any number of things. And yet it's not for any of those, strictly speaking, that the religious authorities have their nose out of joint. No, instead it's something that, well, something that if we think about it at all, if we associate it with our Lord Jesus, we probably don't think of it as a positive thing, which is this, his authority. It's the question of his authority that has their feathers ruffled, right? That's what they're so upset about. This right, this capacity to authorize and to author. That's what it means to have authority. Who died and made this guy king? Because as they look at Jesus, they, as they follow Jesus, they say, wait a second, this guy has, he has no jurisdiction. Acting like God's gift to humanity, as though there were a, a new sheriff in town. Just who does he think he is? And you know what? As we start to look at the, the arc of our Lord's ministry, things that he said and did, they start to have a point. He does act as one who has authority. Just back up and think of some of those moments from our Lord's ministry. An early one when he's teaching at the, the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount. This moment when he has said, you have heard it said, all the rabbis and all the religious tradition, you have heard it said this way. But I say to you, he starts upending their understanding of Torah, of the law. In fact, he even says that he came to fulfill the law. And then at the conclusion of this, when you can just imagine all of those scribes, all those teachers of the law just seething, gnashing their teeth. What are the crowds saying? Oh, this guy's teaching like somebody who has authority. Not like these guys over here. That rubs them the wrong way. Teaching as one who has authority. But that's just the beginning. He goes out and he's healing anywhere and everywhere. Healing even on the Sabbath, which really rankles them. But then he goes even further. He has the gall in conjunction with, with one of his healings, the healing of a, a leprous man. He says that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then does the healing. Authority to forgive sins. Who does this guy think he is? Jesus goes on. He has still more to say in John 5, 27. Jesus says, the Father has given to me authority to execute judgment because I am the Son of Man. He has the authority to judge, to sift the wheat from the chaff, to separate the sheep from the goats. What? And then the, the coup de gras, which happens right before the gospel reading that we heard today, which is the immediate moment, the reason that they're coming at him right now. Jesus waltzes into the temple like he owns the place and starts flipping over tables 
and calling out those religious authorities once more that they have made a place that was supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations into a den of robbers. They have shouldered out the nations that belong in that very place. Who has this authority to make such claims, to welcome such people, to forgive sins, to pronounce judgment? Who does he think he is? Who died and made him king? Enough is enough. And so they come to Jesus and ask him this very question. By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Now, they are right in order to read the words and actions of Jesus as one who believes that he has authority and not just any authority, but indeed the authority from heaven above. And Jesus, in his response to them, as he questions them, he suggests as much. He knows it, and he knows that they know it, that he indeed does possess authority from on high, as John the Baptist did, and so much more. They're right to recognize in Jesus, one who is acting with the authority of God Almighty. But they're wrong with the conclusion that they draw. The conclusion that they draw is, this guy needs to be cast out. This guy needs to be killed because clearly he's a blasphemer. Unless, of course, he is God Almighty. Unless he is God's gift to humanity. but so that there would be no question about it. Jesus has one more way that he is going to demonstrate his authority. And he called his shot in John chapter 10. He said, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Jesus' authority is exercised not merely in teaching and in judgment, nor even in healing or forgiving. Ultimately, his authority is made manifest when he exercises his power and strength over the grave itself. It opens up its maw to receive him, he goes down into that steely cage. But he, as the king of all creation, is able to say, and I will be leaving now, thank you very much. He has authority over all things. This is our Lord Jesus. This is the one who is able to triumph even over the grave and who now looks at sin, death, and the devil as well as to those religious authorities and says, guess what? You have no jurisdiction. Because he is the king of all creation, now he is the one who has authority over all things, who reigns and rules, who now is able to, to say to death, give up those whom you have claimed, my chosen ones, they belong to me. He has defanged death once and for all. He has looked at the devil, that great accuser, the one who has come after you and me, who tries to prick our conscience and remind you of the ways that you have failed, God. And now you are able to say to the devil, yes, so what of it? You have no jurisdiction over me. There's a new sheriff in town. Amen? 
And that new sheriff in town is the risen, reigning Lord Jesus, the one who has that authority over sin, death, and the devil. They're right to recognize that he is acting as though he were God's gift to humanity. They're wrong not to realize that he is because Jesus died and God made him king. King for you and me and king for all creation. And you know, this has real implications for us as believers, as a church, for the way that we live our lives out in the world. And to get at that, I want to give you a distinction. This distinction is made by the Lutheran theologian John Kleinig. And he points out that there really ought to be a distinction, although it's not often made, between on the one hand power and on the other hand authority. And Dr. Kleinig says, you know, power is, if you will, a limited resource. It's a limited resource. It's a zero-sum game. If I have more power, you have less power. This is why you get into power struggles, because there's that back and forth. There's only so much that can go around. Authority, by contrast, is an unlimited resource. And in fact, authority grows. It's exercised precisely by giving it away. The more you give away and delegate authority, the more that your authority grows. Does that make sense? Unlike power, which there's always going to be that struggle, that back and forth, because there's only so much to go around, authority is unlimited. And Dr. Kleinig goes on to say that too often, as Christians, as churches, we do power plays and political games. We get into these things where we think, well, we just need to, to show that we're the ones who are in charge. He says, when we do that, we're playing on Satan's terms and in Satan's territory. When we think that we just have to show that we're the ones who have control. Christ Jesus, our King and Lord, has shown us a better way. He reigns and rules not by possessing that control, but by relinquishing it. He loves and leads by laying down his life and then having the authority to take it up again. That unlimited authority which only grows as he gives it away. And that's why at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, what we call the Great Commission, you remember what Jesus says? He says, all what? Authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And I'm going to cling to it and possess it and hold it tightly and nobody else can have any. No. And he says, therefore, go. Make disciples of all nations. Precisely because he is the one who has authority over all creation, he entrusts it to you and me, his deputized disciples, and sends us out into the world, into your neighborhood, not to, to get into one giant tug of war with the world to see who's on top, who's in charge, who has the control. But instead, to recognize and to proclaim to the world, Jesus is Lord, y'all, whether you see it or not. The great Reformed theologian Abraham Kuyper said, there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ does not cry, mine. It is the opportunity of us as the body of Christ, as believers, 
to flood our neighborhoods, to give away this authority, proclaiming the forgiveness of Jesus, imparting his life to our neighbors, and letting everyone know there is one who has authority, our Lord Jesus, and it is good news for you and for me. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand to confess our faith.